The Sunday Grill with Crane and Crane Insurance. To compare motor and home insurance quotes across multiple different insurers, see craneandcrane.ie. One of my favourite things in life is skincare and skincare products. I love reading about them, trying them, double cleansing, acids, I'll do it all. And I think I may have found my soul sister in Tracy Ryan. She's from County Tipperary and her job title is Herbal Alchemist and Master Formulator of Bia at Codex Beauty. Uh, you may have seen many influencers like fellow Tipperary woman Ros Purcell use Bia from Codex in the past few weeks and Tracy is here to tell us more about the brand. You're very welcome to the Sunday Grill, Tracy. Thank you very much for having me. And yeah, I'm absolutely another skincare obsessed person. I am so happy to hear that because I don't know many people in my life who like to talk skincare as much as I do. What is it about? Like, I can remember being 14 and reading in a magazine that you should wear SPF every day, winter, spring, summer, whenever. And I have just done that ever since. And slowly but surely, my interest in my skin has just gained and gained and gained. Can you remember when you first memories of it was? Yeah, so for me, I suppose I came at it from a different angle. My first memories were trying to make skincare. Oh. <laughs> I've, al- <yeah. laughs> I've always been obsessed with making things. So Actually, did you do the parajotes and the sea salt type face masks and stuff oh, like that? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and the lemon juice and sugar yes. scrubs. When I think of the things I did to my skin, oh my God. <laughs> um, I was always obsessed with making things. Um, I suppose I never really thought I'd get into the beauty industry because uh, as a teenager, I wasn't really into like makeup or anything like Mm. that. But I was always obsessed with making things and trying to figure out the best way to make something. Um, I've always loved plants. I've always been the person with their head stuck in the ditch going, what's this and what can I make from it and making little concoctions. So, yeah, that's something that's been with me since I was really, really young um, and led me into the whole world of skincare and beauty, which I'm now obsessed with. I can't get enough of it. And you call yourself an accidental entrepreneur. How did this all happen for you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. So I had never, ever thought about running my own business. It was never part of my plan. Um, No one in my family would run their own business. It was never really something I thought about. Um, But I went, first I studied horticulture um, and then I went and I did a degree in herbal science. Mm. And it was in our final year, we were given this project. Uh, It was really cool. It was like an innovation module. Um, I went to college in CIT and they're really, really great for innovation and entrepreneurial um, skills and all that kind of stuff. So we had to write a business plan and a marketing plan. um, And I decided I would write mine based around creating a skincare line. Um, And it just took off from there. I really enjoyed it. I got really, really into it. It wasn't enough just to create the business and marketing plan. I actually started to make the products. Um, I went and I did some farmer's markets and some craft fairs. I set up a Facebook page and I just really loved it. I loved coming up with the brand and the personality of the brand and uh, creating the products and meeting customers. I just really loved it. And when I finished college, my plan was to go on and do more training and train as a medical herbalist. Um, But I really didn't feel comfortable doing that. I I used to panic when people would come into our student clinic. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought, okay, this really isn't for me. I'm going to have to think of something else um and the idea of running my own skincare company just kind of came in to the scene then after after doing that um project um i won an internship to the rubicon center which is a fantastic kind of business incubation center full of entrepreneurs and people setting up a new business i won an internship there for the summer nice. after my final year of college um and that's where be a beauty came about which was a small business i ran for about seven years And when you say uh, herbalist and um, Codex is all about sustainability, 
are you yeah. very anti-chemicals then within your skincare? Is that how it works? Well, not really, because I mean, everything is like everything yeah. is a chemical. Mm. I think there is this whole big thing about clean beauty and natural beauty. There's an awful lot of noise there and an mm-hmm. awful lot of kind of mistruths and shadiness. Like everything is a chemical when you think about it. Yeah, um, so some something synthetic chemicals may not be the healthiest things for us to be putting on their skin but in the same breath some plant um, extracts and constituents may not be the healthiest things to put on our skin either so it's really about knowing what's going to benefit your skin I'm absolutely not anti-synthetic mm. ingredients in fact I love some skincare lines that do contain synthetic ingredients uh, but Codex is all about um, using completely plant-derived ingredients. The Bia line is all completely um, based on native Irish plants, um, extracts from them. Um, everything in the range is food-grade, edible, plant-based. Um, I suppose that's the concept uh, within the Bia line and Codex, but absolutely I'm not against um, some synthetic ingredients or active ingredients. I mean, you, you want your skincare to work. Exactly. Um, some of these ingredients work perfectly. Um, some of them are a bit harsh on the skin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's also kind of, I think, a kind of a thing out there that natural skincare is great and it's lovely, but it doesn't work. So I think at Codex, what we're doing is we're proving that plant-based skincare can be just as effective as the regular conventional skincare that you see in the pharmacies, Um in fact, you know, most most medicines and most um, things that we have like that have come from plants in the first place. So, yeah, you know, true. there's there's a lot of power there. And you've lots of products on the Codex Beauty uh, website on your Bia range. Have you any favourite ones within those? Yeah, absolutely. I do. I, I suppose I love our skin superfood. It's our hero product. It mm-hmm. always has been right from the early days at Bia Beauty as well. Um, I originally created that product when I was a student at CIT and I get dermatitis on my hands. Um, I love gardening. I refuse to wear gloves and I always have kind of horrible hand, skin in my hands, okay. a lot of flaking and dryness. So I created that product specifically for me at the start. Um, when I was studying, I looked at different um, herbal extracts that could really help hydrate and soothe the skin and keep moisture locked in, in in different ways. So that was something I brought into Codex that made this kind of complex that I had created. And Barb, our CEO at um, Codex, is from Silicon Valley. She's a real typical tech entrepreneur, great science background. She was like, well, let's let's carry out some clinical trials and see what this complex you've created can do. And we were blown away by the results in the really? clinical trials. I mean, amazing, amazing hydration ability, really good at um, dealing with flaky and dry skin. Um, and these are proper clinical trials now, you know, with... And you um, probably found that people. in using it yourself. But to see a clinical pr- trial yeah. prove that must have been so exciting. Exactly. Yeah, it was amazing. I was mm. so nervous at first. It was like, you know, when my baby's just going for a big yeah. exam and I'm terrified. Um, so when it performed so well, we were, Barbara's like, OK, well, we're going to patent this. So we've patented as the Bia Complex and we, you know, we were awarded a patent this year, US patent, which is incredible, really, um, to think that it started as a little project in CIT and now it's a, a patented complex. Um, so that's definitely one of my favourites. It's just a great all around product, really good at hydrating the skin, fantastic in the summer if you've had too much sun or if you're really cold or if you're an outdoorsy person, just all about protecting and hydrating. Um, I love our facial oil as well because I think it really showcases... I'm a big fan of a facial oil, I have to say. Oh, they're great, aren't they? Yeah, they're brilliant. <laughs> just brilliant. It, re- 
it really showcases like the best of the ingredients we have here in Ireland. So we have like seaweed from the west coast of Ireland, hand harvested for us and made specifically into extracts that we have designed. Um, we have some gorgeous seed buckthorn. We have an essential oil from Ireland, which is really unusual. It's a plant called bog myrtle, which grows in the bogs in Ireland and has really great benefits for the skin. Um, so I love how it kind of really shows off that we do have some really cool ingredients mm. here in Ireland. Um, and oils, like a lot of people are afraid to use oils. A lot of people think, oh, well, you know, I've oily skin. Yeah, I can't use an oil. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But it's all about the, using the right type of oils. And we have selected oils that are what are called dry and short. They just sink into your skin really quickly. Um, again, we've sent it for clinical trials. We send all of our products for clinical trials. We don't make any claims unless we can back them up. Okay. And we have... It's amazing hydration results, but we also have sebum oil balancing. So great one for people with oily skin. Okay, good stuff. So Barb, your CAO, CEO is in America and you're based right. in Ireland. So yep. you were kind of remote working, were you, before the pandemic even happened? Yeah, exactly. The Codex team is very much a global team. Mm. There are about 35 of us on the team and we are from places like Iceland, Ireland, the UK, and both the west and east coast of the state. Okay. So we're spread out across the globe, literally, and we're well used to like online meetings on Skype or Zoom or Teams and all this stuff. So yeah, that was that was nothing new to me when it all kicked off. <laughs> okay, but not as much travel, I presume. You got to stay at home more, did yep. you? Was exactly, that a good or yeah, a bad yeah. thing? Well, a bit of both. <laughs> I have two young kids, so sometimes leaving the house and heading off somewhere you. isn't the worst thing in oh, the world. <laughs> I hear you. I really do. Um, you've like it's really picked up traction, hasn't it, in the last few weeks? Codex Beauty, of course, uh, a lot of influencers yeah. have um, been talking about it on their Instagram stories as well. Um, gorgeous packaging too. The website Thank is codexbeauty dot com if you want to check out the beer range there there's so much going on and Tracy Ryan originally from County Tipperary thank you so much yep. for joining me this morning <laughs> no worries you're more than welcome thank you for having me the Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103 Flores Credentials as a food destination just keeps growing and growing and when you enter the seaside town you'll meet a food truck that has caught the eye of many food enthusiasts and magazines for their healthy tasty menu Jenny Donahue is a qualified chef and she is the woman behind Unbeatable Jenny and she's here with me this morning Hi Jenny Good morning Orla I like your pun on Unbeatable yeah, it's a, we were trying to find a name for a while and I came across that somewhere in something online and I was like, I like that. And That's how did you feel about putting your first name on it then as well? So it very much becomes your food truck, Unbeatable yeah, Jenny. Yeah, well, the food truck itself is just Unbeatable Food, but mm. most of the social media is Unbeatable Jenny. OK, brilliant. So people kind of know who I am, really. And I, we, I really just know it uh-huh. as Unbeatable Jenny. Mm-hmm. So you've done well A lot there. of people refer to it just as Unbeatable Jenny. Tell us about yourself. You've worked here as a chef and abroad as well. How did this all yeah. start for you? Uh, well, I've been cooking for 15 years or so. I did my school and a lot of my initial work kind of up in Athlone area, Westmead area, because mm-hmm. that's where I grew up. And then I moved to Canada and I spent six years over there. I worked in a lot of really nice places and moved home two years ago. Okay. And moved down here. And How did you end up in the southeast? Uh, my father was moved down here. He lives okay. down here now. So Good he moved stuff. while we were away. And when we came home, we went to him for a, a base to set up camp until we figured out what we were doing. And mm-hmm. we loved it. So we stayed. <laughs> and how did a food truck come into your mind? Honestly, it kind of just developed as we were exploring our options once we came home. 
and a lot of it was there's so many options like if so, if you go somewhere and something doesn't work mm. you can move on mm-hmm. you're not too tied to anything mm. and another aspect of it was money kind of when we came home I had no idea I assumed I was just going to go back into a restaurant somewhere and get a nice job and mm-hmm. continue cooking but kind of ideas started started coming to us and then we kind of played around with a lot of options and and One I'm day sure. we just bought a food truck and we were like, oh, well, I guess. <laughs> and it's probably like it's quite static in Tremor, isn't it, where mm-hmm. the food truck is? But could it move if it needed to? Yeah, it could. Yeah. OK. And would you move it? Would you bring it? I know we don't have festivals or anything this year, but have you ever considered bringing it to festivals? I've considered it, but I think at this point we have such a like a community that, that know we're there. They can rely on the fact that we're there and the days that we say we're there and I wouldn't want to upset or disappoint mm. the people who, who come regularly. And I don't really see the the need to go find more. True. You know, how did you end up in that location? Because obviously Tremor is such a seaside town, but I suppose you're yeah. away from the seaside and a little bit on the road into Tremor at Pickardstown. Oh, believe me, if I could be on the beach, I would. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it's just, you know, permissions and yeah. what you're allowed to do with landowners and the council and who, who will allow you to do what. And we played with a few ideas, but... They weren't really kind of working out for us. And we just kind of said one day, oh, maybe. And we went and asked the owner and he was like delighted to have us because they have no food. And mm-hmm. and it worked perfectly for us. It's plenty of space for car parking, busy road, you know, yeah, power and water. Everything's there for there. us. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed to we seem to get really lucky, I out. think. Yeah. And then what was it? A slow trickle of people or when did it At really start? start to take off? Yeah. Yeah, it didn't take long. No. really didn't like I mean it's it has grown throughout the, the last year and a half but even kind of from the start we have we have people kind of coming to us at the start who still come to us very regularly mm-hmm. so that's very 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 nice but and you describe your food as healthy tasty food yeah we do describe it as healthy but we we have to be careful with that because a lot of people don't necessarily yeah, you know, want to go for the healthy. They want to food. go out and indulge when they well, buy something. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. What we do is we try and cook just really good food, hmm. but we're careful with it so that if you're trying to be careful or healthy, or if you have an allergy or an intolerance, or you're trying to avoid something, that we try our best to accommodate as many as we can. It's okay. a small menu so that we can keep things changing and moving. But we do our best to accommodate vegans and vegetarians and, you know, celiacs, dairy-free, all the rest of it. So, Have you got a most popular dish that people yes, keep coming back for? Definitely. Oh, tell us what it is. The Thai peanut and quinoa salad. Okay, I like the salad. That one that. we put on fairly close to the start. We'd only been open max a month or two, I'd say, and it came on the menu and everyone was just like, this, I love this. So we were <laughs> afraid to take it off for a little while. And then as the time went on, it was just... It stayed. Normally things are popular for a while and then they slow down a bit and we mm-hmm. change them. But this just, it hasn't. So is that a constant on oh, your menu now? Yeah, I don't think I'd take it off. I'd be afraid to. <laughs> and do you have a favourite dish? Oh, I don't know if I have one specific dish that I love the most, but I love uh, like Asian food mm. and I love curries. Mm. I do do. I love curries. <laughs> I love to eat them. I love to make them. So you do a hot, a hot food and also salads as well. Yeah, normally at the moment we don't have a soup because the summer yeah, it wasn't so selling. Mm. So we normally have a soup and a sandwich, but just at the moment no soup. And we normally have two salads and two hot dishes and then they change every week kind of thing. So 
Okay. Yeah. Um, you've really caught the attention of a lot of different magazines in yes, the last few crazy. weeks. Yeah. Um, I think it's a lot to do with the pandemic and people are wanting to mm. eat outside. Do you find that yourself? That yeah, people, yeah, yeah. Yeah, are more Definitely. willing to be out in the fresh air. Have you any particular food trucks that you like or did you know any of these that were in the list on some of the Irish Country magazine, for example? I've heard of was the Misunderstood Heron, the one in Connemara. I've heard of that one. And because the, the pictures you see always look fantastic, yeah. like out on the water and stuff. I've, I don't think I've ever tried any of the other okay. the other places mentioned, but definitely from ever in the area, definitely love to, mm. to try them out. And have you seen a pickup because of sort of that sort of publicity or is it word of, word, word of mouth? And I suppose that Tremor is quite the foodie destination these days. Oh, I mean, at the moment, it's just crazy summer, nice weather, Tremor busy anyway. So it's hard to say definitely if there has been, but... I'm sure like a lot of our regulars and a lot of people have come and said, I saw it. So mm. it's nice that p- people are seeing it. So hopefully we are getting business from it. It's just hard to say right now mm-hmm. with the, the usual sunny weather, crazy, more busy yeah. season anyway. Exactly. So. And have you any future plans? What would be the dream? Or oh, are you God. living the dream Oh, the right dream now? changes weekly at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always kind of coming up with. Like, would you like potential. your own restaurant or are you? Maybe, mm. maybe. I, some days, some days, yes. Some days I think about it and I go, oh, but it's a big you know, commitment. It is. Mm. I don't know. For the moment, I'm happy. This is working. Yes. Yeah. But anything could happen. You know, that kind of way. <laughs> Watch yeah. this space. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Depends on what comes our way, you know. Yeah. I think you need two food trucks so you can travel. When yeah, all the maybe. festivals are yeah. back, you can travel around. Oh, that's, and that's offer been people. discussed. Don't yeah. worry. We yeah. have lots of lots I think of people constant. would appreciate your Thai peanut yeah. quinoa salad yeah. on a two o'clock in a mm-hmm. festival on a Saturday. Well, listen, people, it's hard to miss unbeatable food or unbeatable <laughs> Jenny, the food truck, because as we said, it's possibly on the one of the only roads into Tremor mm-hmm. as you're heading to the seaside here in the southeast of Ireland in County Waterford. If you want to check out uh, Jenny's Instagram, you're putting up all your menus and photos of your food yep. all the time. It's unbeatable Jenny. And as we said, that is a pun on beets. Do you do anything with beets? Actually? Often. Yeah, not all the time, <laughs> but we try and... You need to. You need to <laughs> if it's in your name. Yeah. Yeah, so if you check out Unbeatable Jenny and that is B-E-E-T on social media platforms. Listen, I'll let you get back to work. Thank you so much for Thank coming so in much. this morning. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. My next guest wants to talk about how she healed her hole while healing your hole as well. It's not massively what you think, but it kind of is as well. Norma, she ha- say your surname, how you say it? Well, it's Shehan, I suppose, because it's S-H-E-A-H-A-N. But, but does everyone say Shehan? Listen, you can call me whatever you want if you okay. buy a ticket to my yes. show. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> it's like in Wexford, where I'm from in Wexford and North Wexford, everyone says Kyo. But as you move towards Wexford Town, it's Kiho. <gasps> mm. I don't like that. Oh. Kiho. Kiho. Yeah. Kiho. Oh, I've just come from Wexford because okay. um, I was um, over with my sister and she's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of strange things going on in Wexford. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave it right there. <laughs> Where in Wexford is your sister at the moment? She has a farm, a racing stables over near Kilcarl. Um, so we go up and down to the beach and stuff. Where's Kilcarl? Uh, Kilcarl is probably a 10 minute drive from 
Curraclough, so it's oh, not far lovely. from Screen. Gorgeous. Stunning. Beautiful beaches yeah. as well around there. Okay, well, let's talk about healing your hole. That is Norma Sheehan. Norma, whatever. Whatever she <laughs> says. She's an actress and comedian. You'll know her from so many TV shows like Bridget Naiman, Moon Boy, Finding Joe. Joe? Finding <laughs> Joy. <laughs> Finding yeah. Joe is something completely different. Uh, the Amy Huberman um, series, of course, Finding Joy, uh, Women on the Verge. And my favourite one for you, Norma, was uh, Can't Cope, Won't Cope. Oh, yeah. I loved this when you were the... Shauna's mother. Shauna's mother and you broke the news that you were expecting again. Your 20-something daughter was not happy about that. Thanks for remembering that because it was a small little part. I loved it. You were quite the caustic mother. I was. I was was definitely on the verge of turning... Like I I think I was too old to be having a baby. Yes, and she was not happy about it. She was not happy. Ashley is her name. Um, I loved that season. Pat Kinavan played my husband in it and ironically... He's coming to the Theatre Royal the night before me doing his one man show. And that's probably what the acting circuit is for you a lot, is it? That you're always working with people that you've worked with for years. Well, I guess they were looking for a Cork um, mammy and a Cork daddy. So they just picked myself and Pat Kinavan. There was no auditions that's or anything. Oh, it was great. I love that when you just get the call and you don't yeah, have to I'd go to the great. cattle mart. Yeah. Well, now she's bringing her comedy night, Heal Your Hole, to the Theatre Royal in Waterford. And she promises to heal every hole in your life one laugh at a time. And Norma, of course, is here this morning. You're very welcome to the Sunday Grill. Thank you very much, Orla. And it's it's not just filth, by the way. It's physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, it's, financial, comical, And it's punnable. There's always a, yeah. everyone here is whole and does think, oh no. Yeah, they all get a giggle. Yeah. They all get a giggle. But you did break your coccyx. I did. I was, um, I broke my coccyx doing Celebrity Ireland's Fittest Family and Donico Callan shouted at me, get up off your hole and get on with it. <laughs> but we did, we, we won it and we won 10 grand for our house in Cork. My mother, um, passed away a few years ago and she before she died she said look do this for for Ark House and, and what is Ark House? It's um, um, Cork Cancer Support okay, okay. so they're these places these yeah, houses like the Sullis Cancer Support Centre here yeah you can Waterford do yoga or oh, meditation yes, or cup of tea or whatever yeah. and, and they'll even give you financial advice and stuff like that it's somewhere to go if you're a carer if you're um, you know uh, even if you've got the all clear you can go back there and because yes. people with cancer tend to have to change their lives mm. and the way they live yeah, so, it's so it's just a constant place that you can get counselling and whatever they're amazing so you raised funds for that but in the while doing that you broke your bum I did I broke my coccyx and I hear that's incredibly painful yeah you can't sit in the toilet for about 8 weeks so I was what? hovering yeah. were you sitting on a plastic ring type thing just hovering girl hovering good for the old uh, thighs it was, it was, it was, it was great but they said if it doesn't go in 8 weeks you know go to the hospital because you can't put plastic cast around your arse but could you sit or apart from no, the toilet issue no I was fine lying down which was great so I could sleep Okay. but the old sitting on the to- sitting anywhere was a problem so what did you do all day you, 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 I stood, got up off my hole and got on with it. That was <laughs> and got a comedy show out of it. I got a comedy, wrote a comedy show out of it. Um, so the comedy show was selling out before COVID. Okay. And we'd sold out Wexford. We did a night there. We sold out Dundrum, Limerick sold out, Cork sold out. And, and then we'd put a pause on it. Okay. So we were meant to do Waterford in July and now mm-hmm. it's postponed till August 14th. And is that your last date then? It was That's on the, f- the original run. There was going to be, um, God, it was the last date, yeah, but there was a, others going to be added like Galway and stuff like that. But it's now the first run of the post-COVID uh, spearheading, get out there and get on with the people, yeah. And yeah. you, like everything must have stopped for you then on what, March the 12th? March the 12th. As an actress and a comedian. Well, well, more like as the schools shut, but anyway, mm. we'll get back to that. Mm-hmm. As, in, as Yeah, the acting stopped. Um the voiceovers continued, so I built a right. studio in my car and uh, in my coat cupboard. So I kept doing voiceovers and then I created a podcast of Healer Hole, which is on Apple and Spotify. And I've done 
40 or oh, maybe more episodes of that now. It's um, So it goes out every week, Lazy Hole, Money Hole. And I interview different people, interviewed Glenda Gilson about her skinny hole. You know, just <laughs> interviewed uh, Johnny Foxes about their watering hole. OK. Yeah. So they're just 20 minute little um, silly, silly podcasts. And do you enjoy them? Do you enjoy being the interviewer? Yeah, a bit like yourself. Mm. There's something lovely about the mic. Yes. You know, I mean, I do love performing as well in a character, but there's something lovely about the old chats and mm. listening and, and they never go on too long. Because I feel, you know, I have a short attention span, so I like mm-hmm. to keep them under roughly 20, 25 minutes. Um, Everyone has a podcast, don't they? And there's, it's hard to find, uh, like I love the the genre of um, whodunits and mysteries yeah. and things like yeah. that. But they've just blown up, haven't well, they? Well, they say there's hundreds of new ones go out every day. Wow. Um, but from the listenership I have, apparently I'm in the top 5% Yay. in the planet. That's in the planet? <laughs> no, I'm because the, 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 the two Johnnies, I was on recommends after the two Johnnies, okay. um, which is great. And so that boosted it. And then here I've been plugging it as well. But, but people are recommending it and subscribing. So that's great. Yeah. I mean, I'm no uh, blind boy yet, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, is only blind but it's, boy. it's multiplying weekly, which is great. So healing your whole is really about healing yourself and how you absolutely did some healing yourself. Absolutely. There's a heart to it. And mm. the audience put in queries um, and I, I do a bit of an um, improv at the end where whatever query comes out of the box, whether I have a hole in my underpants or I have a, uh, a hole it in It has me. to be hole related though, does it? Well, a hole in your heart? Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of, oh, my, my child is a pain in the hole, how will mm. I deal with it? Or, mm. you know, there's there's a lot of that kind of stuff. So we have an old giggle at the end. Um, so hopefully, um, and, and the Theatre Royal. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so bloody mm. beautiful. I, I hear just, so many people say that. Yeah, I can't wait. Even is, if I'm the only one there, although it is selling all right. But is this your first show since the, yeah. is this your first indoor yeah. gig? So it'll be strange because they are at 20 to 30 percent capacity. Well, the Theatre Royal put out a thing on their social media yesterday, a video of the pl- where, they're, where they'll place people on the three levels. Mm. It looks stunning. Yes. And I, other theatres have retweeted it and re, re you know, whatever, because it's so, it's so exemplary, mm-hmm. basically, on how to do it. And there's quite a few theatres sitting back in their laurels, but Waterford are you know, gung-ho. Yeah. Have you missed it being in that sort of live venue? I have and I'll be crapping it now coming up to it but I just think, you know, if if I'm so grateful when people buy a ticket, come out of the house and there is no risk actually because it's it's nearly too clean mm. in the theatre but just, I'm so grateful when people get up off their hold, buy a ticket, mm-hmm. come out and whatever that we just laugh from start to finish. Great. And um, I always find in a theatre lengthwise is almost important as well that you don't want to be two and a half hour no. show to be going And to. we can't have intervals now anyway because yes, of, you know, of we course. don't want people running in and out to the toilet. So it's one act. Mine has always been a one act. Okay. Um, and it would vary between 70 minutes and 80 minutes depending on how many holes needed healing in the at the end of the show. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, 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 it's great. It's one act. And the theatre will tell me if they need it shorter than that again. But okay. I, for, the, 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 the rules are changing weekly. But I think we have it fairly much set in stone. Like they're 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 immaculately clean over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm, great. Well, it is the Theatre Royal in Washford. Theatreroyal.ie. And Thursday, August the fourteenth. If you want to check out more details on Heal Your Show, Heal Your. Why can't I speak? If you want to pick out, oh my gosh! If you want to check out more details on the show, Heal Your Whole. And then TV wise and yeah. like productions, obviously just stalled. We've already heard that Dancing with the Stars, for example, isn't God. back till twenty twenty two. The Crown is the same on yeah. Netflix. Have you found that as an actress? Um. Yes, I am auditioning for various films. Starting and TV back stuff. auditioning, yeah. are you? Um, and is that via Zoom like everything else is? Or are you physically getting to go places now? Do you know what? They, they they got lazy before COVID anyway. It was all tapings. Okay. So you would have to have your own setup of lights and camera oh, yes, or whatever. Oh, you have the old phone now to yeah, do all that. Totally. Yeah. So it would be very rare you'd get brought into a room unless mm. it was a chemistry read. 
So they've that they've that way of casting chemistry anyway. Chemistry read. A chemistry read to see if you know you if I mean if you, for lead characters to it's make sure they didn't spice each other. Love or just um comic banter as well. Okay. Um I did a chemistry one with Pat Short for a pilot once. Oh my god. <laughs> and your was, chemistry. Oh, I'm sure how couldn't you like? <laughs> and actually myself and John Kenny are looking at doing a show and hopefully it's gonna to get to Waterford as well at some okay. point. Um so the other the, half had done believe. Two hander success. Yeah, yeah, down the line. So and have you found in chem you don't need to name names, but has there been non chemistry? and those sort of well to be fair I'm no like hottie so I wouldn't be doing the um, the lovey rolls the nudie rolls so uh, um, I've, I don't be doing chemistry reads okay. I'm usually playing the old odd wagon so the less chemistry the better um, or the but you've been on some iconic television shows everything for, as we said from Moonboy to Clinic Iver. from back that's in the great. day Damon and Ivor yeah. and Dead Still is actually a really cool one that's out at the moment okay. uh, yeah it's it's it's, it's so constantly working, is that how you would... Well, I'd always work more. Mm. And I love voiceovers. That's why I built the studio at home to to, to do those because they're, they're great bread and butter because mm. you, you can't rely... That's why I'm doing the one-man show is because I have my own little business in my pocket, you know, that I can, mm. you know... And, and, and be your own boss. Yeah, and Mary Boland below in the Theatre Royal, like she'd bend over backwards for you. Is that, is that a saying? You bend over backwards? That is someone. a saying. Yeah, she'd give you the shirt off her back. Yes, that is. She'd bring the kitchen sink. No, she wouldn't bring the kitchen sink. No. Um, anyway, she's sound and she's she's a doer. So great. Well, good to hear. A uh, Heal Your Hole is the name of the show. As Norma said, pure comedy. You can ask whatever questions you want about the hole in your life, be it physical or something that's existential as well. Theatreroyal.ie. It's on Friday, August the 14th. Enjoy being back Thanks in a so venue much, and all the laughs that come with it. It's lovely great. to talk and to you. And you'll have to morning. come along, girl. I will. Yeah. I definitely. Yeah. I need some healing. Great. Thanks, Norma. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. My next guest is involved in the Irish arm of a global study on mental health and the pandemic. Dr Evan Matthews is from Kilkenny and the Department of Nursing and Healthcare in WIT. And he joins me on the Sunday Grill this morning to tell us more about this landmark study and his role in it. You're very welcome. It's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, We live in extraordinary times, don't we? Absolutely. You know, I, I work with a lot of uh, nurses, mm. practitioners, healthcare practitioners uh, all across the southeast region. And um, they've gone into what, what we'd call a firefighting mode, mm. you know, uh, and with, with that comes a huge uh, amount of tension, anxiety, worry, concern, uh, because they're they're managing their personal lives as well as their, mm-hmm. their professional lives. And, and you can really feel that, I think, in, in having conversations with them, you know. Uh, and I've spoken to, to many that have, that have themselves been, um, you know, infected with COVID-19. Uh, and yeah. or, or they have that, that threat hanging over them, you know. And I think everyone's on high alert. Um, but the, the challenge as well at the moment is that uh, you can be on that level of high alert, but but it's very hard to sustain that and to, mm. to, to maintain that. So you're kind of preempting all the time that something could happen. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, and and it, like, you know, to sustain that that level of um, high alert over such a long period of time can be, can be very draining um, for, for the individuals uh, and, and teams because, you know, healthcare pr- practitioners are working as teams, you know. I've never thought of it like that because I suppose we have heard now we're four or five months in we know the hospitals that were badly affected by COVID and what they had to deal with. But that anticipation mm. that something could happen, that a, a, the clusters could happen, must be detrimental on people's mental health and mental well-being. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and just not, not to focus in too much on the healthcare practitioners, but we have to remember, that, you know, those are very caring individuals. Yeah, of course. Uh, and, you know, in cases where they have seen... Um, 
you know, a person who who may have uh, died as a result, or mm-hmm. even just the the struggling circumstances around it. My own um, sister uh, had her new baby during the oh, yeah. the pandemic, mm. but even her experience of that and having to be isolated throughout the whole period uh, from from her whole family support network. It's very challenging, yeah. uh, and and for the practitioners to see that and to have to to define those boundaries is, is mm-hmm. very challenging because they're caring individuals, you know, and that's that's a huge challenge. Yeah, of course. Let's talk about the study that you are heading up for this Irish section of it. It's a global study, and I suppose it it goes back to what we were talking about there. But for us as individuals, that effect that this pandemic has had on our mental well being, be it that we haven't experienced. Um, we haven't experienced anything but restrictions, really, but that mm. would still have an effect. What is your objective with this? Okay, so the study, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. The study really aims to capture how this population, how the Irish population is doing at the moment, how we're coping with our physical and mental well-being at the moment during mm-hmm. these, what, what you said is extraordinary times that uh, many of us have never experienced anything like this before. Mm-hmm. And because these are extraordinary times, Everything has changed for us, and that might be to do with our lifestyle behaviours. Uh, it could be to do with uh, fear and the anxiety around the disease in itself, or uh, it might be something to do with you know the restrictions around social interactions that we have. And there's so many issues that could compound our our mental and physical well-being at the moment. Mm-hmm. We really want to build the the robust data around that and to see how are the Irish population doing and how are subsections of the population doing and once once we do that we can we can know you know what are the measures that we can do to help treat these issues and what are the measures that we can do to prevent some of them because we have been warned now that we're we're facing into a wave of of potential new mental health crisis in this Mm -hmm. time. When you say subsections is that an age gender ethnicity what are you thinking there? It could be. I wouldn't want to second guess the, mm. the results of the study, but it's likely, you know, uh, we're seeing the kind of anecdotal stories and the experiences coming out that certain populations are being more affected. Mm. Um, and there are, you know, we can guess that there are some populations that m- may be doing better or worse than others. Uh, and there, there are the different factors that we want to tease out with as to why that mm. is the case. And I, I wouldn't want to second guess it, but, you know, there are certain populations that are more vulnerable. And they indeed may have been populations that were vulnerable before this even befell us. Yes. And now it's it's become exacerbated because of the situation that yeah. we're in. And even I think even those, you know, that may have been availing of the likes of mental health services mm. prior to this, you know, the likes of... Uh, you know, your medical consultation being online or through a screen just may not suit everybody. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you have now faced into four months of, you know, um, not the usual level of yeah. care that you might might yeah. have been getting, that might be really, uh, really testing for you. Totally. This is a global study, as we said. It's been led by three internationally renowned psychiatrists. Um, they're from the US, Germany and Italy. It's interesting to see that um, two of those countries have been badly hit by the pandemic. Would you expect they would have different levels of experience with mental health well-being or is this one of the things you're trying to find out? Yeah, so w- one of the things is we want to see where we're do- what we're doing mm. in, or how we're doing um, in the in the global picture of mm-hmm. things. And, and with that, we can we can stratify out the different population groups based on the different restriction method, uh, restriction protocols that have been in place. And as you said, how the populations have done in terms of COVID infections. So that that's going to be really interesting to see how how we coped as an Irish population. You're right. I mean, it, it is very interesting as well that um you know the study is being led by individuals that have been you know mm. um their, their countries country. have been particularly affected, mm. uh, and that is 
that might be telling of of uh, where resources are, are being uh, pushed into understanding this. Yeah, true. Mm. Who would you like to see take part in your part of the study? So really, we're asking the, the general population mm-hmm. to take part in the study. Uh, and, and to do that, you have to visit the, the COFIT website, which is coh-fit.com. And we're looking for mass uh, participation across the population group. Uh, and we're also hoping that uh, our healthcare workers as well will, will get okay. involved because we're interested to see how they're doing at the moment. And yeah. I see you've sexed it off from adult and adolescent as well. So are you, you're hoping that some kind of teenagers and things like that will take part as well? Absolutely, okay. yeah. Yeah, their, their situation has, has changed just as differently for everyone else as well. So we're really hoping they get involved. Their study will look slightly different to the adult one um, and their study has to be uh, assented to by an adult who will okay. take part first and then they're, they're linked to it. But their study will look different because we're, we're using uh, adolescent uh, measures. What sort of questions are you asking? Okay, so it, the, the, the study looks at a broad spectrum. Mm. So it does take a little bit of time, it takes about 20 minutes to, to do, but we're looking at a broad spectrum of mental and physical well-being. And, and, and that's what's really uh, interesting about this study as well is that it'll look at all the different things. So... You know, when we talk about mental health, there are a number of different factors that we could look at. We could look at a person's level of anxiety, mm-hmm. their mood, aggression, how they've been sleeping. So there's a whole spectrum of things that we're interested to find out. And, and that will be really important uh, in terms of the findings and, and, and how we can inform, you know, policy afterwards. OK, good to hear and good to feel like we can do something to inform that policy sure. as well. I have started the study and it does, it, it, as you said, it takes 20 minutes to half an hour. But the good thing about it is that you can save and go away and come back from where you started again. So yes. you don't have to sit down for the whole half an hour mm. and do it. If people want to check it out, Evan, that um, website again is co-fit and that is co-fit.com. And it's really easy to use website as well. We're hoping as well that, you know, once people will take part and we're encouraging people to take part, we also want people to be aware of the supports that are available to them in the community if they are finding this you know a challenging time and you know I, I draw people's attention to their their GP which is you know in their community or the likes of the Samaritans which would be on 116 uh, 123 and also the HSE of course give good information on COVID-19 as well for anyone who want, who might want to find out more about that Brilliant thanks a million for coming in this morning and telling us all about that global study and your involvement as the Irish head of it that is Dr Evan Matthews and he is from the Department of Nursing and Healthcare at WIT Thank you. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, we chatted to Elaine Nevin from Eco UNESCO about Plastic Free July last week. And as we head into the final week of that month, I'm joined in studio with a South East woman who is in the business of plastic free and minimal waste. Amy Orr is the woman behind You Me. And she's here this morning with more details. You're very welcome, Amy. Thanks for having me, Orla. I'm intrigued by your name uh, for your minimal waste shop, You Me. Yeah. How did you come up with that? Um, it's it's a play on uh, like yummy whole foods, which we didn't actually start out doing, um, but we knew that it's something that we wanted to aim the business towards. So, but when we started out, we didn't have the money to invest in everything, so we just started off with some small uh, amount of minimal waste, plastic-free products. Okay. So it was a play on you and me trying to make a difference and mm-hmm. then yummy whole foods. Okay, great. And you do lots of different stuff. You have everything from rompers on your social media yeah. platform to trying to Turn create... My mom. <laughs> Ta- explain how you me came about. You me came about when it was... So when I was pregnant with my son, like, I mean, I, I wasn't always 
super eco-conscious. I'm still not super eco-conscious. Um, I just try to do the best that I can. But when I was pregnant on my son, I started researching into cloth nappies because the amount of waste in disposable nappies is phenomenal. And like 500 years for one nappy to decompose. And it doesn't even decompose. It just breaks down into smaller bits of plastic. So it never really goes away. And uh, yeah, it, it just pushed me to look into cloth and I just took it from there. And ever since then, we've just been making small little changes. So that was really the major, the first major change that we made. I'm so intrigued at how you got on with those cloth nappies. They're actually grand. Are they? <laughs> yeah, are they not fine. like what you saw in the 70s? Absolutely. Or? No, okay. no. They're I can like, imagine myself with a knife. No. I, okay. <laughs> No, you literally just throw them in the washing machine. Okay. Like, now, amazing. Now, you funny. know the kind of, oh, environmentalists will say, is that not as bad, throwing something into the washing machine? <sighs> mm. pro- like, okay, I'm going to be straight. Okay. There's pros and cons to everything. Yeah, of course. When it comes to the environment, okay, and being eco-friendly. So, yes, for example, making cloth nappies can be, like clothing, mm-hmm. it can be energy and lots of water intensive, depending on the material of the fabric, especially bamboo. Trying to make bamboo into a material fiber is very energy consuming. Okay. But that nappy, you buy it once. And you I've used mine now for five years on two of my babies. Okay. And I was able to resell them as well wow. afterwards. So they're being used again and again. They're yeah. not going to landfills. So... The carbon footprint kind of balances itself mm. out after a while, mm. you know. I'm even thinking of the amount of nappies you could use in a day from my own experience. And, <laughs> I, and I was someone who even tried not to use the nappy bags because even that made me yeah. feel so guilty. Because it's also the fact that you're not putting plastic against mm. your baby's bum. Mm-hmm. And it's like period products. Like mm. one thing, a couple of things we restock are cloth sanitary pads, which are okay. essentially the same. You mm. use them. You, you can them. rinse them if you want. You don't have to. You could just throw them in the machine, let the machine do the work, and that's literally mm-hmm. all there is to it. Mm-hmm. There's no plastic. They're completely breathable. You don't sweat. And then mm-hmm. there's the moon cup, which was made from silicone, which isn't necessarily a new invention. No, and but it really has gained popularity in the last yes, couple of years. I used to always it see has. them at an electric picnic at some of the stalls, but uh, yeah. they seem to be so much more but popular that now. actually came about way back in the States before World War Two, mm-hmm. um, and they're made of rubber. And then when the war happened, there was a rubber shortage. So the company went bust. OK. And then the design was just out there. <laughs> and what I find really interesting about minimal waste and plastic free is that I, when I think of plastic, I think of the bottles of water yeah. or buying bottles of you know minerals and things like that. But they are those smaller products. And we were even saying this last week um, when I was chatting to Elaine Nevin, things like sanitary products Mm -hmm. and nappies and something as tiny as a tea bag has plastic in it. And I think that's where we need to be educated. I think lots of people just don't realise there's plastic in everything. Mm -hmm. And most of it is completely unnecessary. And our tagline is back to basics because there's really there's nothing new about what we're doing and the products that we offer. So tell us you about know. some of the products um, so from foodstuffs to. Yeah. So the cloth sanitary pads, for example, are really, really popular. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started out doing the Copper Coast Market last June was my first market. Mm-hmm. In Tremor. Um, 
they didn't really sell very well at first okay. and now I literally can't keep them in stock brilliant because That's people are starting to come back again and again and build a, up now, they are expensive they are an investment mm-hmm. but you are saving money over five of years course. so everything that we try and stock is reusable refillable and plastic free so what's refillable what sort of stuff is refillable so we have uh, solid shampoo bars Okay. So you can buy them outright. They come in a tin, but we also sell refills, which work out a little bit cheaper. Okay. So you're not constantly buying the tins mm-hmm. and you're left with all these empty tins. You just buy the refill and we do refills for deodorants as well. Um, refills for cleaning products like the Lily's Eco Clean products uh-huh. that we have. We also sell the, the bottles already. Um, but if you bring your container back to us, you can fill it up. And it works out a little bit cheaper as well. Okay, great. And um, so, yeah, they're the sort of things that I never think of either. Those shampoo and shower gel bottles. Yeah. That and actually the bathroom's the one area. It's it, There's so many alternatives. Mm. The bathroom and the kitchen are the two areas where it's really easy to make swaps. So that's a good place to start even. Yeah. Okay. Even a bamboo toothbrush. Every single toothbrush ever made, plastic toothbrush ever made, still exists. In some shape or form, whether it's a microplastic now, it's still there. That's shocking. Crazy, isn't it? (laughs) And I think that's where it's a minefield because there's so many different subjects from sustainable clothing to Mm -hmm. food and packaging. Like as one person, it's doing small things, isn't it? Yes, it Mm. is. And it's, you know, at the most eco-friendly thing you can do is use what you have mm-hmm. wear what you have in your wardrobe sustainable clothing are great there's so many different brands out there they're amazing but if you're constantly spending money on clothes and you're not wearing those clothes or getting the wear out of them then it kind of defeats the whole purpose and when those clothes come wrapped in about six rounds of tissue paper and in plastic you yeah. know it's a bit galling plus where well. they're traveling from as well and you where know they're i mean most also there's loads of great european brands mm-hmm. um yeah, it's just there's pros and cons to everything, mm. and it's really hard to be to live completely zero waste, especially so how, in this country. And how do you try to live then? <laughs> I like I'm not zero waste. No, of course. Like, you know, yeah. we've got two small kids. Of course, this country just makes it impossible to mm-hmm. live entirely zero waste. Mm-hmm. Like even what do you try to do on a daily basis? On like a daily the cloth basis? nappies being a great example. Yeah, well, we're past the nappy yeah. stage now. So, thank God. <laughs> I mean, it was great, but yeah. there's only so many You're bombs done. you can change. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I personally, I use a moon cup and I use the cloth pads okay. myself. Um, we have reusable tea bags, mm-hmm. which are tiny little cotton tea bags that you can buy loose tea to put oh, into. Oh, great. Okay, yeah. That's just one example. That's the one so thing I am going not to change. Yeah. Tea bags. Yeah. Um, we have like little metal tea strainers as well that you can use instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gives a lovely occasion to tea, I think. It does. Yeah. It does. Mm. Um, I carry my reusable cup with yeah. me everywhere. How um, is that going when you go to coffee shops? Because, of course, we're told not to use them at the moment during yeah. the pandemic. My husband and I invested in a coffee machine. Okay, for Christmas very good as a present to each other compostable cups are great Mm -hmm. but if they're not disposed of in the proper way Uh then they're even worse than the plastic Mm. you know because the plastic breaks down but it breaks down into smaller bits of plastic it doesn't actually release any gases or anything like that but the compostable items if they just go into landfill then they release methane once they break down because they're an organic material Mm -hmm. essentially 
if they are not industrially composted, they break down and release all these, um, like methane and all these other gases. Um, and it's even worse for the environment. Okay. That is good to know, actually. So that's like there's no mm. hard or fast rule. You know, compostable products are great. Alternatives are great. But you need to actually follow through. With you need to follow through yeah. with okay. disposing of them properly. Yeah, great. Um, Some great advice there. Yeah. If you want to check out what Amy is doing on her minimal waste website, it's yumi.ie. We never talked about the rompers that you have up no, as well. The They're so and the whole foods. Tell me quickly about those. Um. So, yeah, our, the main aim of Yumi is we want to eventually open a refill shop. Yeah. So and there's a few of those in Dublin now. I've there's seen. a good few around the yeah. country. Yeah. Great. That's really great. To yeah. It is really really great. Mm. Um, it seems to be really gaining popularity, mm-hmm. which is amazing um so the whole point is that you bring your empty container you weigh it you fill it up and you simply just pay for what you need mm-hmm. great and then with the clothes as well with the clothes all oh, the rompers were just knit by my mum lovely so yeah they're really cute great so they're made of organic wool now the wool comes from italy but because it's really hard to find them um, irish sheep are just too mm-hmm. scratchy for mm, baby clothes yes they are so mm. um yeah so we they're on sale now at the moment. So cause she's stuck here. She can't access the materials. So they're in Spain. Her fabric is in Spain. Mm-hmm. So she can't actually make any more. So for the time being. Yeah, <laughs> what you have. Great. Well, look, people can check out your website. It's youme.ie, but you've loads of pictures up on Instagram as well. If people yes. want to check out what you're doing there again, just check out youme.ie. If you search for it there, you'll find what Amy is doing. Thank you so much for coming in this Thanks morning. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Yes. How are you? Great, Ola, thank you. Uh, Television-wise, well, not even television-wise, life-wise, how are you getting on? Are you still working from home? Yeah, still from home, yeah. No, yeah. no sign of you moving no back? No sign, I don't think, listen, I don't think it's going to happen for like, some time yet, to be honest okay. with you. Are you okay with that? Yeah, okay, yeah, can, I, it's, it's manageable, it's very manageable, it very is. portable job. It is, okay. Yeah. Let's talk television. Um, mm. Let's chat A Suitable Boy, which is a title I really, really recognise. I don't know why. It's uh, Yeah, I thought you might have read mm. you being a literary type. Well, a person who reads books. <laughs> yeah, is that first, a literary type? A person who reads so. books a book is a better reader, way a to put books. it. Yes, a reader yes. book, a not a literary novel. Type. It's from Vickham Seth's doorstopper, 1,400 pages of a novel. And why do I know that author's name? Has Vickham Seth. It was a very famous book at the time, actually, when it was published. Okay. It won a good few awards, actually, as well. Um and it's yeah, it's been adapted. I mean, there's, they're trying to adapt for stage, for screen, for stage, for screen for some time. Actually, uh, I mean, there's talk at one time of making it into a kind of monster because it's a multi generational. It spans like it's set in India, I should say, okay. set in India in nineteen in nineteen fifty one. That's when it opened. So it's newly independent India. So it's a whole history of basically India right up to. But it's got a Jane Austen style element to it because it's about this. Well, a suitable boy probably tells something. It's um, it, it focuses on this kind of uh, young literature student called Lata. And she's looking towards her own future. And uh, so her older, older sister is, being, is going to an arranged marriage. Now her mother is looking towards her, but she has her eye on somebody else, uh, a fellow student in college. So it kind of traces her own story, set against the big backdrop of what's happening with uh, the bigger political picture in India. You oh, know? I love that sort of thing. It's yes. got, yeah, it's got really good credentials in terms of like who's behind, behind it. Uh, behind the camera, you have Mira Nair, if I pronounce that correctly. She directed a monsoon wedding and uh, Queen of Katia, Katwa as well. And Andrew Davies, the guy who wrote Pride and Prejudice, War and Peace, Les Mis, he, is, he's, he wrote the screenplay. Okay, uh, so, so good and credentials some, there. Actually, he got really good credentials, really good uh, Indian actors as well. 
Uh, I'm going to hopefully mispronounce all these names. Ishan Katter okay. is in it. Uh, Taboo and the, the, the girl who plays um, Lata is a woman called Tan- Tanya Maniktala. Okay. And she's apparently going to be a big rising star. But the story looks lovely. I love these stories, like probably like yourself, sort of like a story set against this big tumultuous backdrop, backdrops where it's a little personal story, well, a personal romance kind of mm-hmm. in the foreground, you know, which is kind of nice and spans a number of generations as well. So that, could, that's, that, that should be good. On paper, it looks great. The book itself yeah. was 1,349 pages Oh, long. I gave it an extra 60 pages. It <laughs> felt like an extra 60 pages. <laughs> <laughs> and did you enjoy the book? I didn't read it, actually. Oh, I always have to read it. I got it, actually, but I think I have it somewhere here. I think it's holding up a table somewhere. But, um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think I would like to. I, I'm wondering whether I should read the book and then just set the DVR for BBC oh, One tonight. So book you know? first, then Yeah, I'm a bit, I later. wouldn't read a book after watching a series. Okay. Mm. Have you ever, have you never done that, no? No, and also, I, do you know the massive season series from a few years ago, the Reese Witherspoon made Big Little Lies? Oh, yes. I had read that book and I could not watch the series. But oh, then so I watched... Both ways. Yes, yeah. but I watched Little oh. Fires Everywhere, which was also made by Reese Witherspoon and had read the book and enjoyed both. So it I'm really trying to think what depend. I watched and read in terms of movies like The Exorcist, probably. Red <laughs> book and, okay. No, I'm just thinking... And One Film of the Cuckoo's Nest, watched Red, yes. and, and 2001. I'm just thinking movies. But yeah, and The Boy in the Striped Pyjamas... Yes. I had read the book first and then watched the movie. Liked neither of them. <laughs> okay. So why did you pursue the? Why did you watch the movie? You didn't like? You thought the, I, the movie I was... believed the hype. I believed. Okay. The okay. Hype. Even though having read, you read the book first, yeah. Yes, I did. Okay. Okay. I didn't like okay. it either. Okay. okay. Let's move on. <laughs> that is a suitable boy. BBC One Sunday at nine pm. Uh, let's move on to the uh, Umbrella Academy, which I'm sure lots of people are waiting for. It stars uh, Robert Sheen, which many of us will know from Love Hate, and uh, it's the second season of it. Is it? It's Second season, yeah, obviously a huge fan there. Mm, uh, Netflix, uh, yeah, yes, it's, I am. Uh, yeah, it's, it's quite quick. Second season came quite quickly after the first, which was the end of last year. I remember interviewing Robert Sheen last year for the first season. It's basically uh, super, a super, so superhuman. Well, they are superhuman. Mm. So a very dysfunctional superhuman family uh, who are basically in season one. If you've seen season one, sort of that, that they have to save the world. There's a lot of time traveling going on. Uh, Robert Sheen plays probably the most charismatic character. They've certainly got the best wigs and the best uh, wardrobe, actually, as Robert would get. Uh, he plays this guy who can communicate with dead people, which actually has, is a superpower in itself because it helps him in certain ways. Okay. Um, so this new season, season two, uh, give it the bare bones, it's set in 1963. Uh, if you've seen season one, it kind of ends in this kind of very apocalyptic moment. But uh, the guys are back again, but they have to save the world again. Okay. And it goes back in time to 63, set in, in Texas in 1963. Um, and the opening episode, I've seen the first two episodes, the opening episode of season two is very dramatic. I mean, certain things happen. <laughs> I mean, okay, I won't give it. Russia has invaded America, okay? That's number one, right? But, and and the, the world is about to end again. So they have to go back in time again. Are you still following me? Yeah. They have to go back in time again just, to save yeah. the world again. <laughs> so there's okay. lots of stuff going on there. Robert Sheen's great, actually. He's got the best lines. He's got the best wardrobe. He's got the best hair. Um, and he's, he's just he's great on screen, you know. And uh, But yeah, definitely. If you're into that kind of thing, if, if you've seen season one, you won't need me to tell you to watch season two. Okay. But it's definitely worth watching. Okay. Yeah, Someone fun. recommended another German series on Netflix for me, which Dark. is called Dark. Yeah. The Dark. The Dark. I think season one. It was good actually. Season two is out at the moment on Netflix. Um, but they said it's dubbed, which I wouldn't. I don't know if I could watch something that was dubbed. Yeah. I don't know if it's dubbed. Mm. Dubbed. 
Okay, okay. I saw, mm-hmm. I saw about a year ago the first season. I thought it was and quite good, actually. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. But in the meantime, Umbrella Academy Season 2, uh, Friday on Netflix. Then, strangely, I don't know why strangely, I suppose this all has to be almost virtual. There'll be no audience. At 7pm... There will on, be no audience. Audi- yeah. and, and BBC One on Friday. It's the British Academy TV Awards, presented by Graham Norton again. No, Richard oh. Ayoade. Oh, love Richard Ayoade from, from the IT crowd. Love exactly, him. Yeah. Which, as you said, would be very strange because he's in a closed studio. So he's just basically reading out awards and winners. <laughs> Yeah. Which will be okay. kind of unusual. Um, there's the, the big, uh, the big, the big one here is Chernobyl. It's got fourteen nominations. Okay, uh, God, it feels one. like a long time ago that Chernobyl was on. Yeah, and the Crown has got followed by the Crown, which is seven. Fleabag at six has has also Giri Haji, which I think you've seen. No, I didn't like. Oh, you didn't like. Oh, no. okay. the one Giri Haji, which you didn't like, has six awards, <laughs> probably for things that mean nothing. I should uh, really try that again. Actually, well, that's the Virtues, which I really liked, has Loved got five it. nominations. Did you like the virtues? Yeah, really like it. Very dark. It. Very and dark. So, so has his dark materials, the okay. Philip Pullman uh, adaptation, that. which I didn't like that. It wasn't okay. good. Um, Irish interest probably would be Derry Girls, which has been nominated for Fabulous. Best Scripted Comedy, and Helen Behan as Best Supporting Actress in The Virtues. So keep an eye out for those two. Good yeah. stuff. Okay. Yeah. Awards are always good, good to watch, but especially this one's kind of, kind of strange, I think. Like I think this one will be the sort of theater. thing that we'll probably watch for about 10 minutes and then yes. turn off. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, that is on Friday night, the British Academy TV Awards, 7 p.m. on BBC One. Friday as well on Netflix is Umbrella Academy, as we said, starring Robert Sheen. And then the one I'm definitely going to check out tonight. Or shall I read the book first? We will wait no, and see. Oh, you mean I thought you were going to read the book like today. <laughs> no, <laughs> In the there's next definitely no way I'm going to get through <laughs> 1,349 <laughs> pages. But it is A Suitable Boy. It's on BBC One tonight at 9pm. Donal, as usual, thanks a million. Hi, the Sunday Grill on Beat 102. 103.